Hey guys, it's Tish. Welcome to Women Crush Wednesday, the official platform for us female business owners and entrepreneurs. A space for us to share our stories on how we're breaking generational curses and creating a new norm for our families. Each woman's story is unique and we can all learn and grow from one another. Sit back, take out your notebooks and let the journey begin. Welcome, 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 guys. I am super, super excited for you to be here with us um, on Women Crush Wednesday, the podcast. Y'all, excuse my voice. I have lost it, right? But we still rocking and we still rolling. Super excited for the young lady that is joining me today. She is another boss babe that I got connected with on Facebook. Just one of those women who, you know, you be seeing like, dang, she doing it, right? And then we ended up connecting. And of course, I had to have her on here because she is doing some absolutely amazing things. Dominique, are you there? Hi, yes, I am here. Hey, Queen, how's it going? Doing amazing. How are you? I am doing so great. So glad you are here. So I did like a little mini intro, but really tell us who is Dominique. Yeah. So I am Dominique Rice. I'm a serial entrepreneur based here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I, I pride myself on being free, that I can travel and go places. So I love to be in South Africa. If you follow me on social media, you never know where I'm going to be. Um, but I love what I do. I help bosses build um, also while building myself. I love that. Now, we're going to be focused on one of your businesses, but just tell us how you started in entrepreneurship. Yeah. So nine years ago, I became an entrepreneur. I was a nanny and my whole path of my life was I wanted to be a stay at home mom. I didn't, you know, that was the goal for myself. So I nannied um, until I was going to, you know, go that route. And nine years ago, I started a nanny agency based in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I loved it. I helped families. I helped nannies find great jobs. I worked with wonderful people. And I've been doing that business for nine years. Um, and since then, it just opened my eyes to entrepreneurship. So I've owned franchises of Jana King, college nanny sitters and tutors. Um, and I have done some recruiting things. So I've just been all over the entrepreneurial space. I love that. So definitely for sure, a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've done, like you said, you've dabbled in a few things, but your main focus was your, your nanny work for the past nine years. And now you've kind of moved into a different direction. Yeah. What kind of made you move more so into the consultant side? Because now you are more so a consultant for, for business. Right. Correct. So, you know, what really started my consulting is that I, as a nanny agency owner, I was really successful. I was, I'm very well known in the industry. And what I saw was a lot of black and brown agencies wouldn't make it past a year or two years. Mm. And so then I'm like, well, well, why is that, you know? And, and part of it is because a lot of times we, we don't have access to the same amount of consulting. We don't have access to the same amount of funding. We don't have access to a lot of things. And so um, three years ago, I started doing consulting to help 
nanny agencies and other businesses, mostly black and brown business owners, grow and scale in a way that is doable and feasible, feasible without the same amount of funding and resources that others may, may um, receive. So that's the nanny industry actually showed me the gaps that I didn't even know were there. We talk about it, but I didn't know it was there. And so seeing that black and brown businesses don't make it or don't make as much money as, as other business owners, that was just appalling to me because I jumped right in and I was playing with the big dogs in my first two years, you yeah. know? So now my goal is to help other business owners really know their numbers and be able to grow and scale and not just make money, but have freedom to do whatever it is you want to do. I love that. And I just, one, I think it's absolutely amazing. And I think for anybody in any industry, I think it's always important to be mindful of areas of opportunity. And I just love how you saw an area and then pursued that um, and, and was able to, you know, start your own business and really make a difference because at the end of the day, people need us. And it's like, you found, you found your people who needed you. And I think that that is just so great because it, like it completely started somewhere else. And it's like, what would your advice be for somebody who's like, I'm doing this thing. I'm successful at it. There's really no reason for me to stop it. But my, my heart, my full heart isn't in it. Like, did you experience any fears? Like, yeah. you know, moved forward? Yeah, I think for me, um, in terms of the nanny industry space, I, I, I did sell a very lucrative franchise of college nanny sitters and tutors last December because my heart wasn't in it. Um, part of the reason my heart wasn't in it is because the corporation is extremely racist. Mm -hmm. The corporation is making millions of dollars on the backs of black and brown people and are still calling people inventory. Wow. Our inventory is low. I'm like, inventory? Like, <laughs> you know, so I, yeah, so I knew that wasn't, I'm like, before I like catch a charge by having to slap on these people at a corporate conference, like it was to the point I couldn't even stay at the same hotel as these people. I would like literally stare around the corner because my energy couldn't even, like, I don't want to see you guys when I eat. I, I like leave for lunch to take a break, you know? Um, so once I knew something didn't align with me, no matter how much money it makes, like I have to let it go. And I, and I did, I was, but fortunately I didn't just throw it away because I mean, it was so off brand of myself as a black woman that I was willing to throw it away. Fortunately, I was able to sell it, which is better than throwing it away. Um, and, and that's something else that makes it important for me to let other people know, like put your business in a position that you can sell it. So then that way, if you're not in alignment anymore, you can at least make some money, you can make a profit, you can live off your residuals while you figure out what it is you want to do. So it is scary. But if you grow a business to the point that it's scalable and it's sellable, mm -hmm. then you have no problem releasing it because you, you, you've done your time and now you can reap the benefits of what you've, you've created. I love that. Now, what are some key factors that people should pay attention to when they are trying to scale their business to be sellable in the future. Yeah. So the first thing is knowing your number. So oftentimes people don't know if they're profitable or not. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there were years in business that I was the same thing. So anything I share are things that I learned that I probably messed up on. So <laughs> I'm really not, you know, learn from my mistakes is what I like to say. Like, I didn't know. I'm like, we make a lot of money. Yay. And I'm like, where's the money? <laughs> Where'd it go? You know, um, so... <laughs> Right. Where's the money? So um, what I always say is know your number is the first thing. Like know what, you know, know your profit margin. So yeah, you made $500,000, but are you at a 35% profit margin? 
40, 20, whatever it is, know what it is so you can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are, that's the first thing is knowing your number, knowing your profit margins. The next thing is being responsible when it comes to your taxes. So you do want to write things off, you know, because obviously no one wants to pay the most in taxes. Even our former president didn't want to pay his share. Um, but in order for your business to be sellable, to be able to sell, you have to show that you've made a profit. Mm-hmm. There's no profit. Who's going to want a business that doesn't make any money? Right. <laughs> you know, um, and then you know, that that's just something that to kind of be be mindful of. You know, a lot of times people look at the revenue, but yeah. if you've never had a profitable year, it's like, well, what am I buying? Yes. <laughs> you know, and why yeah, why is it yeah. worth it? And then the next thing is is to be organized. So to and this is my biggest thing, and this is something again that I struggled with. There's things like standard operating procedures, KPIs, mm-hmm. like your business should run like a well-oiled machine that a 12-year-old can come in and read your handbook and know how to answer your calls. Mm-hmm. That's how simple things should be in your business. And if you're knowing your number, you're making sure your profit is good, and you have a well-oiled machine with standard operating procedures that is going to invite great buyers to be interested in your business down the road. Mm, so are you, would you recommend business owners becoming as automated as possible? Yes. <laughs> so you want it to be, and, 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 and I'm actually writing a book and that's one of my chapters is, is about automating things. And you want to be automated, not just so that way customers can't reach you, but I say to automate things. So then that way you can dedicate more time for the customer experience. So if like things like the logistics, like payments and like um, things that can be automated or automated, then that way you can take that 30 minutes a day and follow up with clients. You can take that and and get, you know, check in on your staff. Mm -hmm. So automation is not saying that you're not working your business or your business is not, you know, I'm not saying having self checkout lines everywhere, but maybe having some so you can go around and make sure the store is cleaned, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, some things like that. And so automation is really key to really successfully growing and scaling a business at this time. Yeah. And I think it's so important. One, we don't really know which way the world is going at this point. So, I mean, that's one. And and then two, it's like, I think most people yearn for the time freedom. And you don't realize that just because you own a business doesn't mean you have time freedom. Like most of us just become employed for ourselves. But right. you have to start learning how to actually run a business, create those systems, have them in place. So you're saving yourself time, saving yourself energy. So that way you can have the actual freedom that you desire to have. Um, now in your business, did you have to, did you find yourself having to pivot, um, with the pandemic going on or did you, you know, thrive in the the pandemic? How were you affected? So (laughs) I was affected in a few ways and, and I'm, I'm a believer. So like, I always know God's always going to provide, you know? Um, and so my income drastically dropped like instantly. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a client who I, I assisted with, um, a major project with and so they 100% was like hey here's our notice we can't you know it's unknown you know that's out the window I gave all my consulting clients the opportunity to pause without normally I require a 30-day notice so all my consulting clients I had about 87% of my consulting clients paused Mm. And I gave that option because again, I know God's going to provide for me. I don't know what everybody else's God got them. I don't know. You know, you got, you got, I know I'm good no matter what happens, you know? So, but I was appalled by 87% of my clients pausing. I'm like, okay, 
I know I'm good, but, you know, but there's no buts when you're a believer. Um, and so the next thing that happened is I sold a business and the person who I sold the business to also walked in fear, probably because their heart is definitely not good. Um, so they stopped paying me my royalties. <laughs> like literally like but I can't sue them because courts are closed wow <laughs> and they just stopped paying me what? And so what? Like, okay so what do I do you know so what I you know what I did I said you know what I'm gonna do something that doesn't cost money I'm giving 500 black and brown women free consultation to grow and scale their business because I know that by blessing other people, like, I mean, I can't make more money tomorrow, but I know I'm going to be good and it's going to keep me busy and I can help other people and pour into other people. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I did. I offered free consultations and action plans. So instead of worrying about what's next or money or anything like that, I was able to give back and I did not do 500, but I did a, a little over 200. Um, but I was open to doing 500 and I plushed so many different business owners and then by June like back to business as usual so you know I did pivot and I did have some times where I'm like I'll just figure it out you know but business definitely dropped and, and everything is 100% back to normal and I feel really great I was able to be finally paid my royalties again um <laughs> Right. So, and then I actually like had some time to rest and to really focus and really find read and, and find what's important to me during that time. Wow. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, spend time with my family. So it, it was all a blessing. Yeah. I agree that I a hundred percent agree. Like it really, one, it showed us what was truly important Two, it showed us where in our businesses and I'm speaking to the entrepreneurs, where in the businesses, we there were leaks and you know how we can kind of pivot and, and do better and and you know so many people were able to niche down because of the pandemic and so overall like it obviously sucks but i do think it was a blessing for a lot of people um and i think the biggest thing was just the fact like you just didn't give up like you right. really just kept going um which i love now um, why would you suggest somebody get a, you know, business coach or move in? Um, like why would somebody need your services? Basically? Right. Honestly, you know, I do not align with everyone and mm -hmm. I don't take a lot of clients either. So everybody needs a business consultant. I, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, because if I would have had a business consultant the first three years of me being in business, I wouldn't even be sitting here today. <laughs> you know, I would be so far, so much further ahead at that time, which would make my business so much further ahead. I don't even know where I would be, but everybody needs that because you're learning from someone else. Mm -hmm. But the key is, is to find people who actually have done it because a lot of people talk about doing it. And yeah. there's a big difference between a business coach and a business consultant. And I didn't even know this until the pandemic when I decided to go to coaching school and I dropped out the first day. Um, <laughs> and I was not a good student. They were like, is she going to raise her hand one more time? Because, and I said to them, I said, now I see why coaches make so much money because you don't ever resolve a problem. Mm. You know, so with business coaching, they kind of like encourage you to find the answers from within. Whereas with consulting, I'm like, here's what you need to do. Here's your strategy. Implement this and you're going to get here. I cut out the guesswork. It's like, if you want to be coachy, um, that's awesome, but I'm a consultant and I, my job is to get you results, not to mm. have you sitting around looking within that you go to therapy, 
<laughs> you know, which I recommend that too. Um, but look within that therapy and that business consulting time, we're going to figure out how you're going to make the money and have more freedom. I love that. You just put me up on some game because I definitely didn't know the difference between the two. Like, I guess I just kind of always clumped them in one yeah. category. Um, but I have gone through coaching. And so I'm like, yes, you're right. It is definitely more so from within, you know, you're reaching, you know, the answers from yourself. Um, and so, yeah, thanks for touching um, on that difference. And so do you work with work you you said you um do you work with just brown and brown um brown and black people or is that really i i have a, a, i have other clients as well um so i work with everyone um mm -hmm. but i just found that a lot of times black and brown people don't have as much access or don't understand what consulting is mm -hmm. and my consulting is not traditional i am not professional i'm not that we're gonna sit down in a suit i'm like we're gonna like girl what happened yeah. You know, so it's so, you know, again, it's really important to find people who, who identify with me. If I'm not a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. I don't do long-term things. Like my, my clients, I want to work with you for six months and then I want you to be a free bird. Yeah. And I have clients who don't want to be free birds, which is fine. You can stay, but that, the goal is to get you to a place where you don't need me and you can just call and do maintenance. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, but you have to, you have to have that kind of style. You have to understand that this is going to be direct. I'm not, I'm a high D and mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you like it is. And not everybody, no matter what your color, race, ethnicity is, can handle that. Even my cousin today, I was not doing consulting, but she asked a question and it turned into a consulting session. And she's like, you don't have to be mean about it. I'm like, I'm not mean about it. I'm telling you the truth. And sometimes when people hear the truth, it's a little bit harder to swallow. Uh -huh. um, but it's definitely very, very direct. So I tell people, follow me on Instagram, look at what, how I coach, look at consulting, look at what I do to make sure that it's a good fit for, for you because it's very direct and it's not handholding. I think that that's super important as well because you seem very strong and well-rounded in who you want to work with, the people you like to attract and who's like your you know, ideal client. Any advice on people who are struggling with that directness, like, you know, maybe taking on everybody and then it kind of like backfires. Like, I, did you ever experience that? Or like, how did you get to the point that you're at now? Yeah, well, you know, even I more so experienced that with nanny placement. So early on, um, and, and I would take on people who I knew I shouldn't take on. And every single time it didn't work out. <laughs> every single time, you know? So it's kind of like, you have to look within yourself and say, why did I do that? Yeah. Is it for the money? Did I do it for money? Did I do it for ego? So the first thing before you, you have to look at your, your patterns. Why do you take on people that don't align with your brand? Mm. And that's, that's actually a coaching exercise. So I do have some coaching in there. Um, but you have to really look at your why, why you're doing those things. And for me, it was definitely the money. It was definitely like we had goals that we wanted to meet and I didn't want to let my team down and I can help anybody and you, and you can, but is it worth it? Mm. you know okay. so really figure out your why are you doing that and then from there cultivate if this happens again what would you do mm. would you do it again you know and really understand the red flags and say at this time we don't accept clients in that x y x y and z you know and so that's what i teach my clients now you know how do you qualify a client mm. If in it, so we really focus on, I'm actually doing a retreat. We're part of the retreat. It's going to be a whole half day on how you qualify your clients and wow. then how you can streamline that. So your staff knows how to qualify as well. 
because mm-hmm. if you're qualifying people and you're making it a standard across the board, you'll yeah. never accept someone who's not in alignment. That was, the, I think, honestly, that was one of the biggest struggles that I had to learn in, in entrepreneurship, especially like with network marketing, you know, direct sales. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, I want to help everybody. I can help everybody. Everybody can do this. No, not everybody can do it. And number two, I don't want to work with everybody because not everybody aligns with who I am as a person or, you know, my values. And so it's just like, save yourself the headache. Because I always was trying to help. I sometimes I attract, I, I attract broken birds for some reason. <laughs> and so I would just attract all the people who were broken and just not ready to work and do business. And I'm like, this is my, this must be a me problem because like right. I need to figure this out. And then once I started like, I don't know, you just move different when it's like, look, not everybody can work with me because I don't work with everybody. It's like once right. you're having like that type of posture the right people start being brought to you, left and right, left and right. And I was like, okay, this is more like it. So I think it's just all about posture and being confident in who you are as a person um, and as a business owner, and then you're gonna attract the right individuals to you and your business. I agree, I agree with that, you know? And, And also looking at it, like when you're not attracting the right people, like find out, that you're doing that and release them because a lot of times when you you accept them you're taking up space from what could be there yes, yes. <laughs> you yes. know yes. <laughs> so the, yes. you can't attract who you need to attract because you have these ones right here that you're pouring into so yes. you know i'd rather you not pour into anybody and be focusing on yourself yes. um, and then when you, that will allow you to attract what really needs to come yes. to you that's why i tell people all the time entrepreneurship is like 90% mental. It's like 90% personal development. Like you have to continuously on yourself. You have to continuously just becoming better as a person because it's like so many things are going to be coming at you. And it's like, if you ain't mentally strong, you are not going to make it. And it's like, even with the attracting people, like when you aren't personally developed, you are not going to be attracting the people that you want to attract. And like you said, I would rather you be talking to nobody than working on yourself. That was a period that I had to go through. I was like, look, I'm not even like, if somebody new comes cool, but like, I'm not going to be actively pursuing anybody because like, I need to figure out how to become the person that I'm trying to attract. And like, I'm just trying to attract more me's. So it's like, exactly. I'm like, let me figure out how I can attract myself. And so it's like, once you grow, once you do like that internal work, it's like the universe starts working in your favor. So that's huge. Any like favorite books that like really helped you in entrepreneurship? Oh my gosh, so many. And it's funny that you say that because I have an assistant and she's 20 and she doesn't know she's going back to college. She thinks she's like, I don't like school. I'm like, no, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure you get your degree. I said the same thing. I don't, you don't have to use it, but that little piece of paper, I'm not going to enable you to just work for me and not do anything, but I make her read a book a month. That's part of her, her goals. And she has time each week for reading. And we set aside time for her to read because I want her to work on her personal development. And I think when you really care about people and you really are are helping to develop people around you everybody needs to be reading in this team every you have a business make sure that your staff y'all do a book club or something but there's a handful of books that I love um the four-hour work week is always a a go-to it's really um something I want to reread again one of my clients is reading it now um building a story brand 
helped me tremendously with understanding. And I make sure all my clients read that when they first come to me, because, you know, when you're, when you're focusing on a business, it's not about your business. It's about helping whoever you're servicing or um, providing products to helping them make sure that they're, they're leveling up. Um, There's books um, I'm reading just, I read every single month. So those are probably two that I really recommend my clients to read in terms of financially um, profit first Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite financial books. And that I love lots of stuff by Dave Ramsey because I personally am on a debt-free journey. Um, I want to be debt-free by, by 2022. Um, So I like, I don't want to owe anything on a car. I want my house paid off. I want every, I want to be 100% debt-free because when you're debt free, you're no longer a slave to anybody. I don't care if I make $7 or $700,000. Like, I don't know anybody, anything. I'll figure out how to make the $7 work, you know, um, <laughs> which would be hard. But guess what? If yeah. I got to sell something, everything is mine, you yeah. know. So debt freedom is really important. So those are the top books I would recommend. Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, I remember the last time we spoke, we like were, we were really big on like transparency and like the importance of like entrepreneurs, you know, being transparent in their journey. What are some of the reasons why you think it's super important to be transparent? You know, it's funny because I always grew up and I live with my uncle a lot and my uncle is like a no-nonsense guy and I'd be like, oh, I want to do this. And he would say, why? And I would say, because everybody else is doing it. And he's like, no. Like that could never, so I automatically couldn't go. My why would have to be why I wanted to do it, you know? And I think now with social media, everybody's like, well, so-and-so is doing this, so I want to do that. But why? What's your why for wanting to do that? You know? And I think like, because on social media, we see the rose colored glasses on and we see everybody's good life and you don't see the struggle. Mm-hmm. And from day one, as an entrepreneur, I'm always very honest. You know, I have a, I have a show that I'm on and, and early, like at the end of the year, I had a little nervous breakdown and I shared that because people think that life is always great. And, you know, once I get to this level, everything's going to be perfect. And, and I've reached that and I still get stressed out and I still have anxiety and I still have to go to therapy and I still have to do all those things. And just when you think you're better, you may not be, you know? So I believe in being transparent because I want people to be like, wow, like I experienced that too. And and normalize that some things aren't going to be perfect. And if we start showing people the truth of of business ownership and entrepreneurship, then people will know what to expect and not feel like they're the ones that's the failure that we all go through the same things. It's just how you, how you will push through. I love that. I love that so much. And that's one thing that I've really have liked about my journey is that I'm like super transparent about from the very get-go because one I think we also live like in a popcorn society right now where people literally think that entrepreneurship is just one like this linear like easy road and I'm just like it's not like that at all and it's like you know, with this new age, it's like everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. And so it's like, like you said, they see it on Instagram. They see it on social media. It's the cool thing to do. Uh, you know, I'm going to be my own boss, but it's like, you don't even know, you don't know what you're doing. And like, and like, it's fine to, you know, come in the game, not knowing anything and you desire to be an entrepreneur, but we have people who deep down don't even desire entrepreneurship but they're out on their own trying to build a business. Like, right. it, that doesn't make any sense. And right. it's like, we have just made entrepreneurship so normalized. 
and kind of have almost shamed people for having a job. And it's like, it's not the case. Like there's nothing wrong with working. I think everybody just needs to focus on themselves and their own happiness and not worried about everybody else's bag. Um, Exactly. I agree with that. You know, the other thing that I always tell people is like every single day as an entrepreneur, you have to, excuse me, get up and figure it out. You know, like there's no handbook. There's no, well, what, what do we do today? You know, it's like, even when I was like, well, what am I supposed to be working on? Like, what do you think you're supposed to be working on? Like, if I have to tell you what to do, I can do it myself, you know? Um, but, you know, really think about that. And, and like every day, like whether I'm out of town or people see me working, they're like, what's that list? I'm like, all the things I'm going to do today. You yeah. know, you have to come up with that yourself as an entrepreneur. You have to be self-motivated. And if you're that kind of person that's not self-motivated, no matter how much money's on the line, no matter what, you're never going to be successful in entrepreneurship entrepreneurship and that's okay you yeah. know I've dated a guy um, in the past and he loves working in the banks like that's what he does like he loves to physically get up and go into the office he is passionate about that he does not want to be an entrepreneur it's not for everyone and yeah. and people have to understand that like that that's fine yeah. you know and if everybody's entrepreneur well how, how, who's gonna do all the work so we can go on vacation <laughs> no facts like no seriously and I just think that I just think that as an entrepreneur, especially like one who's like actively, you know, in entrepreneurship, you got your business or whatever, like, it's like, we almost have a due diligence to be transparent. We have like a due diligence to share our journey because like you said, like there are a lot of people just out here being misled, you know, thinking entrepreneurship is one way and then they get in it and then now they think they're failures because they just had no idea what to expect or they thought that, you know, entrepreneurship was just all these pictures not understanding the strategy behind it. And so it's like, stay in your own lane and figure out what it is that you actually want, like what it is that you actually desire. So I think that's definitely one thing um, that people kind of need to work on. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I tell people to take a job, you know, like what I do is like, I'll hire people who like, I know what my assistant wants to be when she grows up mm-hmm. and I'm like molding her into that, you know? So take a job working for an entrepreneur and actually see the entrepreneurship grind or take a sales job, take a commission-based job and see how much you like working for free until you close something. You know what I mean? Like, and not a, just not a bad commission job, but a job when, when you get commission, you're going to get a $10,000, commission check. If you're looking for one of those jobs, reach out to me. I have clients who are always hiring people to sell products, sell services, sell time, very lucrative opportunities, but you have to hustle. And this is a great opportunity for people who are thinking they want to be entrepreneurs. We'll try to like to work with no check coming in. And the only thing you eat is what you fish. You know, that's the first step to knowing entrepreneurship is there's no paycheck, there's no funding, there's no anything, especially with black and brown businesses. We don't necessarily always have access to capital and it's really working from the grassroots up. And even if you do have access to capital, capital, it is it gets cut very fast when you're not producing. And that's part of being a black and brown business owner where we see a lot of tech companies, they could mess up get bailed out, get fixed. Somebody's dad gives another $20 million check and they're back up and popping again. We don't have that luxury at this point, but that's the luxury that I want us to start focusing on cultivating. So our children and our children's children have access to those same exact opportunities. Like, Hey, um, Ashley, you mess up this business, but you, you learn from your mistakes. And now here's another hundred thousand, hundred million dollars to go do it again and figure it out. And that's what I want to be able to cultivate. 
I love that. And I, I just love people in our community who have a true passion where they see the areas of lack and they're like, oh no, like our, our people, like they, they, they need access to that. They need access to this. Like, and I just love seeing people make a change and really just focused on the people who just don't have access. It's like, it's so amazing to me because it's, it's such a difference maker. Like it's such a difference maker because you have no idea. It's like, you are like their support system. You are like their voice, helping them bridge that gap. And I just think it is so awesome. Now for any, if you've, if you've ever talked or worked with a client who's like super frustrated or like near kind of closing their doors on business, what would be some advice for them to kind of keep pushing and keep going? Yeah, you know, sometimes the business has to close, <laughs> you yeah. know, so sometimes you <laughs> might have to let it go, you know, so the first thing is to really evaluate why you're closing. Most businesses, especially with women, we're closing because we're stressed out, not because of the money's not there. So figuring out the root of, it, it's really getting organized, getting organized, creating auto automation, also creating those SOPs, you're, you know, making sure that you're running a well-oiled machine. When you have a well-oiled machine, that helps you find out where the errors are occurring and how to, to fix them. If you're just going willy-nilly, that's hard. It's hard to find out where the errors are. So most of the time, it's stress. It's um, you know, you're stressed out, so you're not making money. You're not making making money because you're stressed it's a whole cycle so figuring out why they want to close if it's just because you're not making enough money then we sit down and we create a strategy and a growth plan that will get you some more money money is a renewable energy source you can make more money like that's the least of your problems so if you just need to make more money like let's go do it that's yeah. easy that's the easy part the yeah. hard part is creating the system so you don't let that happen again but if you just need to make some more money and you have a viable business there's plenty of money to be made even in a pandemic I have so many friends and clients that have thrived so much financially in the pandemic that it's amazing. I'm not going to say it's crazy because it's not crazy because we and they deserve it. Um, but it's, it's inspiring to know you can't blame a pandemic of why your business isn't making money. You have to pivot and you have to be able to cultivate and money will flow to your business. I love that. Are you a believer of affirmations? Um, yes, I'm very spiritual. I affirm. I literally, my friends, we, we're constantly, I mean, everybody's affirming everybody all day. I'm like, I'm so full. And yeah. so, you know, like, I don't have to, my friends affirm over me. The other day, we were on like a four of us on FaceTime. And we were just affirming what we love about one of our friends. Like, you know what I love about you? I love this about you. And this, I'm like, we just, and so because I'm in that, that kind of circle where everybody in my, every different circle of mine are speaking life into each other, I have no choice but to speak life into myself because everybody pours into me. Like um, this past weekend, I had a video shoot, a photo shoot for some things that I'm doing. And my, all my friends showed up and delivered and like, held me up the entire day and it was exhausting and um you know poured life into me on my own video shoot you know those are things you can't pay for yeah. so um, I believe in it and make sure that people around you believe in it make sure that you're surrounding yourself with positive women and men because if not it's just going to tear you down yeah oh that was such a good one like your environment is everything it the is. people that you choose to surround yourself with is everything. And I think that this is another area that entrepreneurs struggle with and just people in general, like letting, putting people in their own compartments, like really 
figuring out how to, who's going to have access to you? Who's going to take up your time? Like, who are you really going to let in your space? Because if you're just letting all the negative Nancy's and negative Nate's in your space, that is going to bring you down. Like that is not going to bring you any good. And it's definitely not going to pour any type of life into your business. And people don't understand that everything is connected and everything is intertwined. Like right. how you feel, like you start to manifest the thoughts that you feel and that's going to, you know, go out into your environment. So you're just always putting negative energy in your way. Um, so yeah, environment is everything. Hey, <laughs> I... 100% believe that, 100% believe that. Now, as a, um, as a business consult consultant, what type of individuals are you looking to connect with? Like if somebody is listening to this right now, who would you want to hit you up? So someone who's really ready to make the change, you know what I mean? To know that the first little bit is going to be to find out where you are, to know where you're going. So the first thing I do with clients isn't to just, okay, let's make a strategy right now. It's to figure out where you are and where you want to be. So clients who want to walk through the journey and actually do the work, you know, and I say that because as a woman, I know what I want and where I want to be. I'm single. So I have to run my business as if I'm married with children, because that's where I plan to be. If I run run my business running around the country and doing whatever I want to do, however I want to do it and working when I want to do it, like I've done for so long, like, oh, I'll wake up and work at five in the morning. It's like, no, like when I have a husband, my husband's gonna be like, girl, come on now, you know? Um, so knowing where you want to go. So my ideal client is somebody who's in the service space or a product-based business um, that really wants to streamline their business and have more freedom and make more money than they've ever made before. And if they trust the process within six months, they'll be there to the point where you're outsourcing a lot of things that you don't enjoy doing. You're going to do the things that you want to do. So yeah. people think that being a business owner means you don't work. Like, no, I don't want you to ever have to, if you don't like, you know, filling out surveys or reading surveys, then you have someone that summarizes it for you. Yeah. I want all my clients to have everything outsourced that they don't enjoy doing. Because, you know, if you don't enjoy doing it, you're not going to do it that well. Yeah. So those are my ideal clients. I'm looking for people who want to take six months to really grow and scale their business. Um, I love that. And I, I, love, oh, I love how you touched on outsourcing because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I feel like there's a couple of stereotypes when it comes to outsourcing. Like, like you said, anything that you don't like, outsource it. But right. I feel like there's always, there's kind of like a negative connotation when it comes to like investing into yourself and your business. People think it's like a waste of money, but at the end of the day, now you're wasting time and energy. Like if I don't like doing X, Y, Z, why am I going to waste time learning it when I can literally pay somebody to do it for me? Like that's their ministry, not mine. And right. it's like, you know, of course know the different, you know, realms of your business, but just because you know how to do something doesn't mean that that's what you're going to spend your time doing. And I feel right. like a lot of people make that mistake because it's like for some people that I know who just their ministry is like, you know, not social media or, or not posting, they'll spend like four hours, five hours making content that doesn't even convert versus, you know, getting with a branding strategist or right. with a social media manager who would just might cost them, but it's, going to save them so much more time exactly. when people realize that all we really want is time like 
time is all we want. Like, I just love being able to own my time. Like, there's no price that you can put on that. Right. And that's the only thing that can really make me grumpy is when I get off my time. I was off. I'm like so bad. I'm like, you're wasting my energy and my time. And like, I'm off schedule. Like everybody has to show up on time. I need you to be on your time. I'm going to be on my time, you know? Um, but that's the only thing that we have is our time. You can always make more money. You can never get more time. So, you know, especially as black women, we're always expected to do the most. Um, And I don't even put myself around people who expect me to do the most. Like, I'm not. <laughs> like, I don't even want to come in those spaces because, like, I'm not cleaning up my own house. Like, I literally, yesterday was my nine-year anniversary of being a business owner, and I literally oh, laid in bed the whole day. Yeah. I was in bed the whole day, and I almost felt bad because my assistant was here, and she's, like, folding up clothes and, like, doing these different things. And then I, like, get up, and, like, I'm like, huh. This looks great, um, you know, but I was able to do what I needed to do for myself and she was able to do her tasks and I still gave her a half day and those kind of things. But, you know, understanding that, <laughs> excuse me, we don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, if you have the means, let yeah. it go. That is so, so good because I remember, like I said, there's just like these negative uh, stereotypes when it comes to us and especially us as black women when we do like invest in somebody cleaning our house or you know like a nanny or you know somebody picking up our groceries but it's like you got to just think what is going to save you the most time especially as like a growing business owner it's like why waste time doing this when you could be literally growing your business talking to clients following up with you know people like people don't understand the that everything um that you don't choose has a cost to it right. and like, you know okay i'm gonna spend four hours making content but the cost of that is me talk me following up with all the people that i needed to follow up with like that actually is going to convert into real sales versus just the pretty stuff right like, i feel like too many people spend so much time on the on non-income producing activities correct yeah yeah no I, I see that you know and it's funny because I watch some businesses and I tell my clients like yeah their social media looks great but they don't make any money <laughs> like so, you know and I know like back when when I used to own the franchise of college sitters we had somebody who did our social media, but she also had another role in the business that was a money generating role. And when we were busy, our social media lacked. But when our social media lacked, we made more money because she was busy doing productive things. So yeah. don't let a glitzy and glam social media trick yeah. you into thinking that they're, they're building this business and, and having FOMO because you need to have that kind of social media when yeah. you can really just be focusing on the money. Like a company that I owned in Miami, we didn't post on social media at all. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, it's a, it's a, I'm a managing partner of a nanny agency in Miami and they haven't posted since 2016. Wow. And when I say we place some of the highest professional athletes, we've placed um, royalty, we've placed big time celebrities and we don't participate in social media. Wow. So you don't necessarily, there's so many people think that we have to qualify ourselves. Like I was telling my cousin, she's like, well, I gotta spend this money on a website. I'm like, you don't even have a plan to get customers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's cute. Like, everybody thinks going to get a website. Like, you can, why don't you get some customers, have a really dope Instagram for free. Yeah. 
And then, you know, have great systems in place, a great CRM, a great customer experience on the back end. And then once you make some money, then invest in a website. But so many people get the website and get the social media popping, and then you ain't making no money. And then you quit the business and you done spent two, $3,000 investing in the stuff that you're never going to utilize. I think the main issue is that people don't understand that businesses, all a business is, is just relationship building and people lack relationship building skills. Like they lack that. And especially on social media, they forget that even though we're online, you still have to make somebody feel like you're having an in-person experience. Like I may not be able to, you know, meet up with you in person, but I'm going to connect with you on Zoom. I'm going to take this off of social media so we can start building that relationship. So then maybe we can do business together. But it's like so many people are like hopping into people's, you know, in, you know, inboxes, just sending these random messages when you don't know this person from a can of paint. Like get to know them so they, you know, like, know, and trust you before trying to do business with them. Um, yeah, I think that's like a downfall comes in too, is like, people don't realize that all you're doing is building a relationship over and over and over and over again on on social media. Correct. And Mm -hmm. the thing about it is, and that's how you also are qualifying people. So of course you're going to get riffraff and people that you don't want that aren't qualified when you jump in their DM and they sign right up because you haven't qualified them. You haven't built that rapport. If you take the time to build the rapport, you'll know right then and there that that's not the person for you. You know, so that's why what I do before I let a client sign up for a monthly consulting plan, I do either a one hour call with an action plan. Um, because I want to get to know them or I'll do a 15 minute call if they were a referral of one of my clients, but either way, like I want to qualify you. I don't want you to sign up and just throw your money out the window. Like, you know what? No, don't No, I know you saw me on a show. I want to sign up for the monthly consulting. No sign up for the 199, get your action plan, do your homework, make sure that it works for you. Make sure that you made some money. So you pay 199 for a call, you get an action plan, make sure that action plan produces revenue. And then if it produces revenue, then you come work with me. So experience it. Don't go invest a thousand dollars until you make sure it works. And that's something that I tell my people before they work with me. I love that. And I love how you're honest with people. And it just seems like you're obviously very results driven. And it's like, hey, I know this works. So you go ahead and start here. And then I'm approved to you that you're going to get your money's worth because this is what works. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that that's great. Now, what's a business goal that you have in 2021? A business, well, I'm doing my first retreat. So that was, has always been a goal of mine, um, is to really host retreats. Um, it's a very small retreat. I, I plan on doing another one as well this year, but really kicking off retreats. So that, but it's called get shit done because thank you. Oftentimes we go to these retreats or we go to conferences and we leave with nothing. Mm-hmm. And where we leave with a whole bunch of, we leave with a notepad, with a whole bunch of notes of ideas of stuff that we're going to do. And at the get shit done, you're actually leaving with things done. So the first one will be located here in Charlotte. And um, it is the first day is planning out your social media for the whole quarter. Wow. So we have a PR specialist coming in and we're literally planning out the whole, okay, what hashtags are you going to be using? Are you doing a tip Tuesday? Just really planning it out for the full quarter. We're going to spend a whole night doing that. The next day we're going to be doing some other different 
different retreat type things, knowing your number, setting up your QuickBooks, just all those important things, qualifying your customer, <laughs> you know, those important things that I love. And then this last day is going to be a photo shoot where you'll have opportunity to get your 45 minutes with the photographer, you'll get your pictures, you'll get 45 minutes with the videographer, you'll get your little ad. So if you're going to run ads, and then now you have all the things produced to throw into your content for the rest of the quarter. Wow. So impressive. Yeah. That just seems like so, so much content at one time. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's going to be fun too. We're staying in a great house, all prepared meals. So you get the whole experience and you get to be catered to even your photo shoot. You have an assistant that steams your clothes, like down to just feeling really special. I love that. That sounds amazing. Now, when are you going to be doing your retreat? It's in June. So it's June 24th through the 27th. And then um, we'll be doing another one in October, November um, on an island. On an island. Okay. Excited. <laughs> I just, I love to see it. I love to see how you were able to, you know, transition from, from one area to another area, just following the desires of your heart. And so I just, I like, like you are so popping on, on your social medias. I just be like, dang, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sometimes, I'm like, I'm sad. I ain't posting nothing else. So y'all might get a picture um, here and there. But <laughs> now as we go ahead and wrap this up, what are some like final words that you want to let the people know? I just want everybody to know that you can do whatever it is you want to do. You know, really put your mind to what you want to do and you can make it happen. Get the right team around you, get the right people pouring into you, pour into others and build those relationships. And whatever it is you want to do, it will come. Mm. I love that. I love that. Well, Dominique, I'm going to have all of your contact information at the end of the podcast. Um, so anybody who wants to connect with you can definitely reach out to you. I am so glad you joined me today. Like, like I said, you're so awesome. I just love it. Aww, so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely appreciate you joining us and I will definitely see you next time. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks Bye. for having me. Absolutely. And just like that, it's a wrap. I appreciate every single person that decided to join us today. I pray you receive value to be able to take that next step to the life that I know you deserve. Make sure you go ahead and follow Dominique on Facebook at Dominique Rice. The link will be in the description. She is absolutely amazing, y'all. And look, if you know somebody who's changing their life, changing the trajectory of their family's life, I want to connect with them. I want to give them a seat at the table. Go ahead and send me a message to wcwthepodcast at gmail.com and I will see you all next week.